Hello, everybody. We're back for another exciting episode of True Crime on Easy Street. We're uh, going a little bit off the beaten path today, doing something a little bit different. We will get to that in a moment. First of all, let's get our introductions out of the way. My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. My name is Kelly Turner, and I'm not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. So we have a special guest in the room today. Jeannie Hatmaker is here. She's going to enlighten us about something that happened back in 1996. Jeannie, tell us what the hell you're doing here, because I forgot. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Jeannie Hatmaker. I am a teacher. I actually teach forensic science. I've been teaching it since... uh 2011. So we finally have an expert on this show. Finally. I wouldn't say an expert, but <laughs> I've, I've, my kids have done research on a lot of cases and uh, I had to basically dig my way through it when nobody else was teaching it. And they were like, okay, here's a book, but we don't have anything else for you. So I have educated myself through law enforcement, through Center for Applied Forensics, kept Mark Hopwood on speed dial. Um, <laughs> the local law enforcement, I've been to fingerprint trainings and uh, blood spatter trainings and Anyway, I enjoy it. I love teaching it. And this case is one of those teaching cases that all criminal justice, forensic science uh, instructors use as what not to do, like Mm -hmm. the OJ case. So so back in uh, Boulder, Colorado in 1996, it was Christmas Eve, uh, John and Patsy Ramsey. John was a a millionaire, uh, graphics, computer graphics, pioneer, basically. He had a, a... company that was a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin that merged and made this this big giant corporation. So anyway, they were very well off. Um, John and Patsy had two children, John Bonet, a young lady who was six years old, and then Burke Ramsey, I believe he was 12 at this time. So they had gone to a Christmas party with friends to have Christmas dinner. Um, they returned home about nine, around nine o'clock. John Monet had fallen asleep in the car, so they carried her upstairs. They put her to bed. Burke put himself to bed. Next morning, around, I believe it was five o'clock, around 5 a.m., Patsy gets up to go make coffee. She goes down the stairs. She finds a ransom note saying, you know, we have John Monet. If you don't give us this particular amount of money, which will become very important in a little while, we're going to behead your child. So she immediately calls the cops, uh, calls 911, and there are multiple tapes of the 911 call um, because it's been examined as well. Cops get there, you know, within minutes. And uh, so the investigation begins. You might want to chime in or y'all want me to keep going? Keep going. Hey, you're doing great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. The cops search the house. Well, Patsy, in a panic. They don't search the entire house, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's That becomes very important as well. And this is a 7,000 square foot home. So they've got a basement. They've got upstairs. They've got everywhere. So they search what they thought was the entire house. They didn't find her. Patsy, in the meantime, had called, before the cops had gotten there, had called friends, her pastor, you know. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was very... Uh, um, religious woman. She was in church all the time, kept her kids in church. So she called her pastor. And of course they start, you know, wandering around the house, dropping their trace evidence everywhere, mm. cleaning up the kitchen, wiping down the can, basically wiping the whole crime scene away. You know, you have to remember that 1996 was not where we are now with forensics. There was no video streaming. There was no ID channel. There was no 
armchair sleuths in America that, mm-hmm. you know, could say, oh, they're doing it wrong. Everybody didn't have a podcast in 1996. <laughs> so there was no a true, true crime, crime podcast. podcast. <laughs> exactly. Props. <laughs> I mean, we basically had uh, America's Most Wanted. Yes. Uh, Court TV was, was a thing. Court TV was a thing. Yeah. We talked about But only that. if you had that money was, and you had that channel. Yeah, right? it was an ex- expanded <laughs> package for your cable network. Yeah. Some of us teachers couldn't afford that package, right? <laughs> right, right. I heard about it. I couldn't afford it, yeah. but I heard about it. Right. Somebody told me about it. <laughs> but so processing a crime scene, that I spend probably a month on how to process a crime scene in my classes because if you don't properly secure the crime scene and protect the crime scene, everything's become everything becomes contaminated and has no probative value in court. Like mm-hmm. there is no yeah. no value to it. You discredit, basically discredit the evidence, open it up for a defense team to poke holes all in it mm-hmm. due to improper packaging, due to people coming in, contaminating the scene. And, and then these smaller departments were not educated and trained on how to properly process a crime scene. And that's, that's one thing I have to, to, to bring in JSU Center for Applied Forensics because they have trained all of these smaller departments yes. in Alabama. And now they all know how to do that because of JSU. Yeah, and let me let me just say for, because we do have a few listeners who are not in the state of Alabama. When she says JSU, she's talking about Jacksonville State University, which is about 25 to 30 minutes from, from where we are sitting right now. And they have a first class what it, what is it criminal, called? It's a criminal justice program, and now they have a forensics the program. Forensics, yes. So you could go if you went there, you could go criminal justice, straight criminal justice, criminal justice with forensics. So basically, you're going to be in the field, or you're going to be a lab rat. Got and it. they are one of the top schools in the nation. They are regulars on Nancy Grace, Fox News, Jeffrey Scott. I mean, Joseph Scott Morgan has his own podcast as well called Body Bags. I mean, they. They are common uh, Okay, well, well, I'm going to subscribe to that one. Tell yes. me that body bag. Yeah. I'll have to remember yes. that. Yeah, why right. are we just yeah. now learning about this? I know, oh, no. we're terrible. This we is, are this awful is at this. having me on well, here. You know what, Jenny? It's, Jenny, it's because none of us are experts and we have a mediocre journalist <laughs> sitting here. I should have looked that, that up, right? don't know mm. anything about that. But now that we do, we're going to definitely look into that and you yeah. guys should too our listeners out there. And you, I have seen him on the news and, and you'll see that he'll be, it'll be down there so JSU's a is it for- Center for Applied Forensics? Yes, that's so right. you C-Fath. did know about it? No, I Katie. knew. I didn't know about his podcast. I knew about him. I've seen him on the news. It, yes, you know yeah. I'm a JSU alumni, so seeing JSU on, you know, anybody from You're JSU like, on the sure, news. Sure, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Well, now I I went to JSU for my masters, but when you get there for Counts. your masters, it's a little bit different, and you're really isolated to your masters program. So, yeah. <laughs> right, you're not going out to brothers ever. <laughs> no, there was no time for that. <laughs> like in those bachelor's days. Yeah, yeah I had right. criminal justice classes at JSU but I had to have a couple for my major but if you uh-huh. know about brothers you know about brothers mm-hmm. yeah you, you do <laughs> either you know or you don't yeah you do it, for all of you not from Jacksonville it's that dive bar with a concrete floor that your feet stick to but you're gonna go anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's so much fun the yeah. bar stools used to be tree stumps yeah 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 it's one of those places that you you want to go every weekend and have a great time, but if they weren't ever flip on the lights when you were still there, oh, no. you would run screaming. Absolutely. <laughs> 
You're a, that. That's a great description. <laughs> All right, mark them off the list of potential sponsors yeah. of the show. I know, yeah, I know, we love you, brothers. So we do. We do. They actually—they're not going to turn on the lights anytime you're there, so no, it'll be all right. No. <laughs> You'll have a great time. Okay, so let's go back to the case. So, what do you guys know about the suspects? What do you know? Like, who wants to chime in? I know that they found that ransom note on the uh, on the stairs, right? right. As, as she was coming down the stairs, JonBenet's mother, she found the ransom note on the stairs, and that's when she called 911. Mm-hmm. It was a longer-than-usual ransom note. Two and a half pages. So, I mean, the, the video that I watched this morning, just to briefly familiarize myself with this case, basically the person in reference to the ransom note said, usually a ransom note has two sentences. We have your person. It's this much money. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Don't call the cops. This, yeah. Don't call the cops. This was two and a half pages. And was this ransom note handwritten? It was handwritten. And it turns out now John Ramsey actually said, here are the notepads in our house. Okay. We have two. This is mine. This is Patsy's. Mm -hmm. He turned up, he turned them over to the police. Mm -hmm. So, and it turned out it came from Patsy's notepad. And there was an actual practice note. Like it's, it says Mr. and Ms. in the same pen mm-hmm. on a page in Patsy's notepad. Okay. So, you know, whoever it was. And that was all it said, Mr. and Ms. It said Mr. and Ms. And it was about to make an R and it stopped. And, and then, then did it again. Yeah. So, and then they did another Changed one. it to Mr. and Miserous. Or what? I believe, oh God, we can actually, I can look it up on there. Oh, sorry, look up, sorry. Look up, look up ransom note. It might say, dear Mr. Ramsey. I, I, the, the final, the finished product. The finished says, product, okay. right. And right. the basic gist of it is we're from a small foreign faction and- Yes, we it were says Mr. Ramsey. Mr. Mr. Ramsey. Ramsey. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. Oh, Listen. Mm-hmm. He's reading. Yep. A little bit more menacing than the first attempt mm-hmm. at a ransom note. Right. So, of course, you know, one of the big pieces of evidence is going to be the note because that's the only thing, you know, mm-hmm. that's the obvious. So, they had a document uh, examiner with, you know, handwriting analyst examine it. And this particular analyst found over 200 similarities with Patsy Ramsey's writing. Now, when you talk about handwriting analysis, you cannot use the word match. It is not considered an exact science. It's not DNA. It's not fingerprints. Mm-hmm. So you can say there were this many similarities with that are consistent with this person's handwriting. So are they thinking if it, it may have been a woman writing the ransom note? Is that... Kind of what they concluded from that? Well, in a reinvestigation that was on uh, Amazon Prime called The Case of John Bonet, they brought in a group of experts, uh, Dr. Henry Lee, uh, Werner Spitz, who was the, uh, I think it's Spitz, his last name. Anyway, he was a a forensic, renowned forensic pathologist. And there are some other FBI experts, just anyway, general expert panel to reinvestigate it. And they had a forensic linguist. They examined the language of the note and mm. they determined that the verbiage that was used, the language that was used was consistent with a female. Mm. Okay. Because it starts with listen carefully. Yeah. What man do you know that would write Listen carefully. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it had a female tone to it. But at this point, too, they think that John Bonet could be alive somewhere. Right. So they're yes. just. And, and I guess they're also thinking with all this, this long, uh, 
ransom note. It's very wordy and detailed. And so they're going to, you know, say that's female too. Because men are more like to the point. Yeah. There's there's a saying that women use a certain number of words a day where men use this many. Yeah. Have you, I Mm -hmm. I don't remember the numbers. Well, if you're my husband, he told me earlier today and, and just to give you some background. Oh, this ought to be good. It's currently 1220 when we, 12, no, noon, 1220. Mm -hmm. We're not in the middle of the night here, but we're recording in the middle of the day. And about 1030 ish today, KT has looked at me and said, Kelly, you have exceeded your word limit (laughs) for the day. (laughs) Never a sentence when a paragraph will do. Hey, Kelly. (laughs) So, um, but that's, that's kind of what they're because of the, the way that this. Right. Okay. Right. And, and of course it's, as my students will say, sus, which is short for suspect. suspect. That's sus, Miss Hatmaker. Uh-huh. Okay, what is that? Suspect. Okay, good. I like that. I'm going to okay. use that. So it's sus that it's a two and a half page note and mm-hmm. it's all these words. You know, it's found on Patsy's notepad. So immediately they're going to think she's a suspect. What does it want? Say again okay. what it wants. $118,000. Mm-hmm. Very, mm-hmm. very specific. Which is very close to what John's bonus was. Mm-hmm. for that year um, mm-hmm. or they're going to behead her. And then it's, it's signed four initials. You might want to look that up. I can't, mm-hmm. I behead. can't remember what it was. Yeah. Behead. Behead. Like who says behead, right? I mean, I'm thinking like uh, Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that Kyle. sounds uh, terroristic. It, yeah. it really does. Yeah. yeah. There was a spelling error for traveling. They had two L's, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to look at, you have to look at things like that when you're examining. Well, and and but what I was saying is like, yeah. When it, I'm glad Scott clarified because I wasn't just saying like Middle Easterners all say beheaded, but I was just saying it sounds like a terroristic type. Right. Yeah, it does. right. It's type does. of yeah. threats. Yeah, and it is signed S B T C, S period B period T period C period, and they felt like that was some kind of religious cult. But another interesting fact that that. Uh, was brought up in in one of the documentaries is that that movie Taken mm-hmm. yes had just come out oh really yes wow I didn't realize so, the first Taken movie was that old I didn't either I know, right we're we're old um, <laughs> so you know saying it's a foreign faction we're going to be head they also said uh, we respect your business mm-hmm. what kidnappers going to say I respect your business like why why is that important yeah, yeah. Why, why do you need to say that so. Let's go back to the timeline. So they find the note. They search the house. They don't find her. Of course, Patsy Ramsey's on the couch in fetal position, in shock. Detective Linda Arndt was there. And about 1, 2 o'clock, something like that, Detective Linda Arndt says, okay, John, you and your friends, just go search the house again. Because they were waiting to hear from the kidnappers. They never heard anything. There was never a call, nothing. Which is crazy, right? You don't, you don't tell, because... We, we want to corral this family. Go ahead. Yeah, we, yeah. we see all the time. The The family's the first suspect, usually. Absolutely. Then, So you're letting potential suspects search the crime scene? Exactly. Roam okay. around the house, him and his friends. Yeah, yeah but the, the Boulder Police Department didn't have a homicide unit. They right? didn't. So they had they were no well idea versed. what they were doing. Yeah, no, Absolutely none. And there was not that kind of crime in Boulder. Right. And, you, and we're only dealing with a kidnapping at this point. Exactly. So I guess you can kind of see both sides. I mean, yes. now they, you know, you want to corral everybody in one together. Nobody right. move. Nobody mm-hmm. touch anything. Right. You know, we're going to 
or just get out. And exactly. Yeah. Get and they, out of the house. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, this is a, we have got to search yeah, this clear place. Clear the crime scene. Yeah. But at the time, I mean, I guess I guess it was a crime scene since the kidnapping had occurred. Absolutely. Right. The entire house would have been, right? Since and the initially, they only taped off the bedroom. Okay, because that's it. that was the You've got scene. to do the whole perimeter. They taped off John Bonet's bedroom and that was it. Exactly. And that okay. was it. And okay. eventually they taped off everything, but they at first only taped off her bedroom. Well, you have to have a a, a, a sign-in, sign-out log for anybody who enters that crime scene that you have a record mm-hmm. of them going in and leaving mm-hmm. and what time. Even the investigators, they have yeah, to sign in, sign out. If you start fingerprinting the place and and and... You know, 75% of the fingerprints found are your team. Exactly. You got to rule them out. You, you use the log, right? Exactly. Okay. That it. Uh, okay. That's it. All right. So they go search the house. She says, y'all she go says, search She says, y'all, it. yeah. She, and so John and his friend went, they went down to the basement. Well, you know, there was that door to the wine cellar that was never open. So was, he and his friend go down there. They search, they search. John goes, he opens the wine cellar door. There's John Benet on the floor. She has duct tape on her mouth. She has her wrists bound and she has a ligature on her neck, which was a very specialized ligature called a garrote. And a garrote is a string or a rope with a, some kind of uh, wooden device, usually um, like a stick or a dowel. In this case, it was a, the end of a paintbrush that was taken from Patsy's art kit that was in the basement. Mm-hmm. It had been broken off. The rope tapped, uh, t- uh, tied around it. And the purpose of it is you can crank it tighter using mm-hmm. that wooden oh, dowel. Oh, God. It's yes. like a torture That's what John device. Wayne Gacy did. Yeah. Oh. That's what John yeah. Wayne Gacy did. He was did. once, oh, yeah. It's like a torture. It is a torture device. It is. And, you know, here's a six-year-old oh, baby. Gosh. She had duct tape, like I said, duct tape on her mouth. Her wrists were bound. The garrote around her neck. And uh, she also had two marks on her neck, which they thought were stun gun marks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what the pathologist concluded that it, yeah, that it was stun gun marks. Um, I'm not sure if it was in the original pathology report, but it when it was investigated by Lou Schmidt, he's the one that said, "Did did nobody say anything about these marks on her neck?" But anyway, so John, of course, being a father, you know, rips the duct tape off her mouth. Well, that's already contaminated. Mm -hmm. There's a blanket, a white blanket placed over her torso. He scoops her up, runs her upstairs, lays her down in front of the Christmas tree. Of course, Patsy is laying there on top of her, just in a puddle. Um, But from a forensic science point of view, yeah. Look at the contamination. Oh my gosh. Like why did they not why it could have been a totally different investigation had they just opened that door. Mm-hmm. Well, and and this is where you I don't want to talk bad about law enforcement. Well, me either. But as a parent, you're not going to look at your child in that situation and not run to them and rip that off of their mouth and grab them and be all over them. You, you don't have that in you as no, a parent absolutely not it is where the law enforcement has to to come in and do that all right everybody back up this is you know mm-hmm. like right. you said if they had searched and opened that yes. door then it could have been a different scenario 
Exactly. Uh. So, <clears throat> you know, of course, it's all over the media. And one thing about John Bonet, John Bonet was a little pageant queen. Her mother was with um, Miss West Virginia. I believe it was back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So she was a pageant mother. Her daughter was in pageant. So we've got all these pictures and videos of her pl- plastered all over the media. Mm-hmm. You know, and pageant girls, this is b- before toddlers and tiaras and all of these little pageant shows that really shows the world what child pageants are like. And so, of course, America hated Patsy Ramsey. Oh, yes. she's she's sexually exploiting her child yeah. and making her look like this. But if you've ever been around pageants, that's the way they work. Mm-hmm. But because it was all over. I mean, I remember turning on the TV. It was on every channel. It was on People Magazine. It time. was on the National Enquirer. Everywhere. So America hated John and Patsy because they just couldn't understand, you know, oh, why did John know exactly where to go to find his child? Well, because they missed it the first time and they asked him to go mm-hmm. and he opened the door. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so Patsy became the primary suspect. And John this and was, Patsy. And this was, this was in what month in 1996? Jeannie? December. December so December. That's right. The, the day after yeah. Christmas. So yeah. this is two years after the OJ thing. Yes. Two years after the OJ, or after the murders took place in Beverly Hills, one year after the OJ murder trial. Yes. So, and TV, uh, court TV is a big thing. So, yes. of course, this was the, probably the next gigantic case that these types of TV shows and this whole true crime thing covered at the time in December of 96 and on into the first few months of 97. Yes. And you would think after the OJ case, which is the number one teaching case for how to not mess up a crime scene. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Gosh, yes. I mean, so, and then we have this one. It's like, uh, like the nuclear disaster, Chernobyl and Three Mm -hmm. Mile Island. It's like, did did y'all not learn? Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, you know, so, all right. So Patsy becomes the number one suspect because she cannot be excluded from the handwriting sample. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, uh, so in the basement, she was found in the wine cellar, but in the basement, there was a suitcase underneath a rectangular window. There was, uh, uh, the glass had been broken on that window and it was from outside to inside. But John said, no, I did that because I got locked out one day and I had to break it to get in. Mm-hmm. But, Nobody put the suitcase underneath the window. Why would the suitcase be moved to underneath the window? Mm-hmm. Unless somebody's trying to trying step to on it to get, get out. out of yeah. the window. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's one of those tall, long windows yes. in a basement. You can, you can imagine, but you can't get to it without creating a, a step or, or. Right. Getting, yeah. Okay. Now there was a high tech boot print, boot impression found next to John Bonet. Mm. You know, high tech is one of those, I mean, that, I'm not not accusing law enforcement, but it's one of those like tactical boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't match anybody in the house we, and you can't use match. Now you can individualize a shoe impression by mm-hmm. the little nicks and the wear patterns on it. But just in general, it's class evidence when you have the size and you have the type. You can individualize it if you have enough of the impression to look for those defining marks. So it so it it is not consistent with anyone in the house. No, nobody. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. No. So they bring John and Patsy in. Of course, they're going to interview them. 
And they pretty much get tunnel vision that they have done it. The investigators at the Boulder Police Department. Yes. What is their reasoning? Like, why do they think they have done it? The biggest thing is the crime scene note written Mm -hmm. on Patsy's notepad. And then there were some so-called friends that said, well, Patsy would get really mad at her when she um, would wet the bed. I've heard about the bed wetting. That was a big problem, apparently. Yes. And, you know, that Burke did some mean things to her. And, you know, you have to let the evidence create your narrative Mm -hmm. not make your narrative fit the evidence and that's one of the biggest problems is when when people get tunnel vision they want to make the evidence fit their narrative and they didn't have that option really Jeannie, right because they botched the crime scene exactly yeah exactly and patsy prided herself on having this perfect family she She would do these elaborate christmas pictures and christmas cards every year i think there was a christmas tree in every house or in every room there was she had these parties um she had uh of course she was in these pageants and she's made up all perfect we've all seen that picture of her in the makeup and her hair is is perfect and so this wedding the bed thing Makes perfect sense for Patsy to get upset about that because Pat that that is throwing a wrench in Patsy's perfect little girl there. Yep. And so she's trying to it's frustrating and she's trying to get that, you know, to stop. But that doesn't mean that she murdered yeah, that's a her stretch child from, exactly. I'm, I'm, by torturing her. Exactly. That's yeah. So there were a couple of drops of blood found in her underwear. They tested that for DNA. It was it did not match anyone in the house mm-hmm. or any of the suspect pool. And it wasn't her blood. And it was not her blood. What? And this is back in the early days of DNA. Exactly. Testing. Where it took eight months, you know, to get right. a DNA. It's not, it was not STR analysis, which is much, it takes a lot less time. Yeah. That, that's wild. Okay. So then we have the underwear. There were the two drops. They were found to be from an unknown male. Okay, so that that blood is is an unknown male, right? Okay, and you said it doesn't match anyone in the home. It doesn't match John Bonet. It doesn't match any of the suspects, it, right? And we they ran it through CODIS, which is Combined DNA Index Systems, mm-hmm. which is basically a database for DNA profiles, even unknown DNA profiles from crime scenes. But there were no you, hits. If you've never been convicted. Or if you're not in law enforcement or you're not, you know, you haven't run through a genealogy, which they didn't have the genealogy websites then and yeah. the test. Yeah. Then and your blood's you're not, not going there. to. Right. right. It's right. not going to make a hit. Exactly. Okay. So were there signs of sexual assault? There visible, they thought, but it was concluded that there was no sexual assault. Okay. Because Praise I know God. that went around. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was a wildfire rumor. It I mean, was. everybody was talking about that. And then, of course, John Ramsey becomes a suspect. Yes. Just, but, I mean, these people were put through the ringer. And there are people who still believe that they did it because there's no other way, you know. Mm-hmm. So this investigator, this renowned investigator, Lou Schmidt, was hired. I'm trying to think when he was hired. Um, it's called The Intruder Theory. You can watch that documentary. But he went to his grave saying someone was in that house. Yeah. And he is an expert. He is a complete expert. Mm -hmm. And everywhere, like we'll talk about the suspects in a minute, but one of the suspects that 
that he really pushed to be investigated, they they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And there were no answers. He eventually stepped down from the case because his frustration level was so high from getting no cooperation with the Boulder Police Department. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just ran into roadblocks everywhere he went. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we got to get to this suspect list because I want to know why you think they would not investigate this individual. Okay. Jeannie. So if you want to start with your suspect, or do you, is there anything else you want to cover before we get into the suspects? Well, one of the reasons they also suspected John and Patsy is because I'm sure they called their lawyer because the minute they brought Patsy in for questioning, the first thing she says was, I did not murder my child. Mm-hmm. Well, they looked at that as, oh, why would you say that? Unless you, unless you did it. Because you just got dragged into, right. Right. To the police department. To an interrogation room. Exactly. <laughs> and your child just died. Oh. Right. But, but they were all over her. In their and, infinite and they, lack of wisdom, they just assumed that, oh, that sounds incriminating. Exactly. Yeah. And then we get tunnel vision and here we are and you've yep. got a, You've got devastated parents who've lost their youngest child, their only girl, and uh, they are now being accused of horrific things. Right. Oh, and they lawyered up pretty hard, pretty quick, right? They did. And that was also, apparently, they thought that was suspicious. That is not. Like, it's it's not, not absolutely. Be. Get a lawyer in this situation. You Tell should. us the law side from that. Like, well, explain... The importance of that. Well, because they're the police can they can hold you and question you for you know Mm -hmm. I think it's up to forty eight hours most of the time. You're going to say some crazy things because you're you know you're out of your mind with grief and everything else. You're going to incriminate yourself somehow. You're going to seem guilty. Well, and and you're not going to remember things Mm -hmm. in the correct order at that time, and then they're going to take that back and use it against you. Now, I'm Mm -hmm. all for law enforcement. Oh, yeah. But But that's their, that's, I mean, you know, in their minds at that point, they're trying to do their job. We are definitely allies of law enforcement here. We've had them on our show. But I think we can all agree that the folks in this situation were, were piss poor. Right. I mean, they were pissed right. poor. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to deal with a lawyer. No. Right. Like the law enforcement is always going to try to get you to talk before a lawyer comes right. in and you should not. Never. Yeah. No. Because anything you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. Yeah. Just just shut your mouth. Shut well, your mouth. Enjoy- or say one word. Just lawyer. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a great point to bring up instead of immediately thinking, oh, they're guilty because they lawyer up. Mm-hmm. It, it With John being in the business that he's in, he's got a lawyer on speed dial mm-hmm. who I'm sure called him and yeah. said, don't say a word, you talk to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and then four days later, you know, after uh, the house was cleared and John Bonet was taken to, uh, to, to have an autopsy, they flew to Atlanta because Patsy's family's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And John Monet is actually buried in Marietta, Georgia, oh. just right up the road. Um, I've yeah, that's not far students. from here. No, it's not. I've had several students that have visited her grave uh-huh. because we talked about it so much. But they flew to be with family because mm-hmm. their family was not in Boulder. And so, of course, that became sus, right. if you will. Why are they going to Atlanta? What, what, are, what are they doing there? Why didn't they stay here? Why did they run away? And they're like, we're not running away. We need our family right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, your house is no longer your home. It doesn't represent a place of comfort and safety anymore. Exactly. Because you just found your six-year-old bound and murdered. Yeah, I don't think they spent one more night in that house. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I think John might have come back and, you know, handled everything. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have. I, I, that makes 
perfect sense to me to want to go and be with your family. Right. Okay, so let's talk about the suspects. Today's episode is brought to you in part by A&W Outdoor Services. You know, they're located right here in Cherokee County, and I called Alan myself just a few weeks ago, and he and his crew came out to my house, pressure washed the whole thing. It looks brand new. Well, as brand new as my house can possibly look after 25 years. But all I did was call Alan at 256-706-7964. He and the guys showed up and cleaned up everything. It looked fantastic. The pollen has fallen a little bit since then. So if you haven't done this already, now's the perfect time to call Alan and A&W Outdoor Services at 256-706-7964 and let them do for you what they've already done for me. It's time to plan your best vacation ever right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. Many outdoor adventures await. Wet a hook in beautiful Weiss Lake, swing away at Cherokee Pines Golf Club, climb to the best view around at Cherokee Rock Village, hike the Little River Canyon National Preserve, take a days-long splash at Pirates Bay Water Park, and much, much more. The Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism has a full list of recommended lodging facilities, RV sites, and campgrounds, and they're all set up to suit your vacation needs, whatever they may be. So come see us from wherever you are. And if you already live right here in lovely Cherokee County, plan your summer 2023 staycation with the Chamber by visiting Cherokee-Chamber.org. We're proud to have another show sponsor, Faraway Tree Service and Sawmill. Faraway is a small, family-owned business with small-town values located right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. But they can do big things for you. Call Faraway for anything you want done to a tree, or a lot of them. You want your trees removed? Call Faraway. You want your trees cut up and milled into lumber or ground into mulch? Call Faraway. Faraway is licensed and insured and can handle any job, big or small, from tree trimming to stump grinding and everything in between. So call Faraway Tree Service and Saw Mill today at 256-393-5398. So we've already talked about Patsy. So there was a local Santa Claus that that always did their parties. He knew the house. He loved John Bonet. And he told her that Christmas, something special is going to happen to you on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Well, immediately. You know, he's suspect. He knows the house. He knows how to get in. And then that, um, that comment. Well, it turns out that the, his daughter had been brutally uh, sexually abused, not by him, mm-hmm. but it, taken and abused and all that, and 22 years to the date. So that was kind of weird. Uh, 22 years to the day that happened to John Bonet. Yeah. Um, and his wife, the guy that played Santa, his wife had written a play about a little girl being tortured in a basement. Did you guys read that? Yes. Anyway? Ah, that's okay. news wrote to me. a play. Yikes. Yeah. So they investigated him. It turned out he was with family an hour and a half away mm-hmm. and actually spent the night there right so then is it also true that they were going to surprise them with a disney vacation on christmas day or something something was going on with a disney vacation or had they been to disney or i don't know i, I no, i didn't read that did anybody else yeah i, I did not about, okay I, I may have just been making that up but I, for some reason i thought that they were talking about uh, they were going to surprise the kids that morning with this Disney vacation, and mm-hmm. and that might have been what he was talking right. about. Yeah, because I've heard about the this man a lot because he it said you know Santa will bring you a special surprise or I'll be back. Or, he almost 
phrased it, I think, like he'd be back to see her. Okay. But of course, Santa's going to say that mm-hmm. because it's he's, about to be Christmas. It's Christmas yes. and he's Santa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it's still, all of that lines up yeah. to be very weird. Yes. And and the play, <coughs> is that just the mother's way of dealing with losing her daughter that she writes which, this Which play? the daughter did not pass away. Okay. The the daughter was taken and assaulted and they okay. they got her back. Okay. But um, it was a, a still a traumatic event. So right. po- okay. possibly a way, her mm-hmm. way of dealing with it? Maybe. Or, Could um, be. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird though. Yeah, that's, it was, that's very strange. Well, okay. another reason he was excluded is because he had just had a major heart procedure. Mm-hmm. And so he was very frail. And, and whoever got her had to have been strong enough to carry her down all those stairs, then down the basement steps, then... Mm-hmm. You know, keep her from screaming and yelling and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. he was excluded. All right. So another one, this was four years later, a man named Gary Oliva. He was a homeless man and he was caught trespassing on a nearby campus. They found a poem in his backpack called Ode to John Bonet. And they also oh. found a stun gun. Um, and he, That's incriminating. Absolutely. And then at the place he was staying, he was staying in a nearby uh, shelter. He had this big shrine, like with these candles, and he put, he cut out pictures of John Bonet's face and put him on Monopoly money and just had this big shrine to her. So, wow. of course, that's weird. Who does that? Um, he had been to prison uh, because he tried to strangle someone. Mm. Um, oh, wow. He, had, he attempted. Um, they said he was a paranoid schizophrenic. He went through a whole battery of tests uh, through the Boulder Police Department. He was caught hanging around the neighborhood. But he he was obsessed with her, and he actually showed up to the vigil, and he cried. And like I said, they investigated him thoroughly, but they could find absolutely nothing that connected him. Except maybe two drops of blood that have yet to be... Right. Tested for DNA evidence. Did right. they take blood from him? Did yes. they take anything like that? But yeah, it didn't nothing match. matched him. No. All right. So if you're talking, you said he was diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic. So mm-hmm. he possibly just became obsessed mm-hmm. with this and it became so very, very real to him. It was a personal thing at that point. Uh, right. Kelly, I'm surprised to say this, but you are not crazy because they were all supposed to wake up that morning and take a Disney red boat cruise with the I rest of the family. I thought it was family. a good Kelly. Okay. okay, well, I thought that was a surprise. With John's yeah. older children from his first marriage. Okay, all right. So um, that could have also been what Santa may have known about that. Right, that's true. And said that's a great that point to her, you know, for tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So right. anyways, but then what, the homeless man, and what was his name again? His name was... Gary Oliva. Gary Oliva. And mm-hmm. so he's, we just have a, a a man who has mental health issues who needs medication and he needs to be, he needs to have some care. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you can't blame him for, for him. For oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, because, I, I would be very interested in him. Yeah. Uh, all With all things. of those things yeah. that line up, but, but nothing matched. So then, um, and to me, this was the most interesting because I did not find out about this until I watched one of the documentaries, the American murder mystery. Um, I don't know if you guys had heard about this. There was a, it was in 1997, there was a junkyard owner named Michael Helgoth and he was found dead in his trailer Mm -hmm. in the junkyard. Have you guys heard about this guy? No. Oh my gosh. I, I thought I had it figured out until I heard this and now it just, 
just like this case is, just blows it out of the water to me. Mm -hmm. But he was found dead in his trailer. An apparent suicide. Now, if you know anything about law enforcement and forensics, you know that you don't walk in and even though it might look everything like a suicide, you must investigate it like a homicide. Yes. We've told that story here before on this podcast about other cases where that was not the first reaction and it should have been. Exactly. Everything must be investigated like a homicide until you can prove otherwise. Um, and uh, as Mark Hopwood told me, he's the, he's the one that helped start Center for Applied Forensics. He said, many times, if it looks like a suicide, it is, but sometimes it is not. And mm-hmm. that's why we have to investigate it that way mm-hmm. because so many times it can be staged. Yeah. And in this case, the bullet wound to this guy, and I'll tell you some of the pieces of evidence, um, the bullet wound was on the left side of the head, but the gun was found on the right side of the body. Okay. The guy is left-handed. Okay, so let's talk about what makes him a suspect. So his friend worked in the junkyard, and he heard him on several occasions talk about, this was probably in October, November, he said, yeah, me and a me and a partner are going to have about fifty-five dollars to $60,000 at Christmas so we can finish all of these project cars. And the guy thought, well, where's he going to get that kind of money? Like what he said, I didn't even ask questions. I didn't even want to know. Mm-hmm. It turned out that he would severely torture animals. And you know, I, oh, I can't talk about it because I'm... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm on the board of directors for a rescue. I can't even do, I mean, horrific torture of animals. He also heard him say, and this is what made him uh, call the cops. He said, I wonder what it would be like to bash in a human skull. And I think I forgot to mention this, but John Bonet had a broken parietal bone, the top side bone. Of her head. Of her cranium, right. So she had taken a blow. She had taken a blow to the head from a blunt instrument. Mm. And and that was what I believe was determined that was her cause of death, was that blow to the head, not the asphyxiation. Mm. Eventually, yeah. So I may be mistaken. Well, and and if you divide $118,000 by two... What do you yeah. get? Exactly. Yeah. Math people. Yeah. Uh, what do you get? $59,000 a piece. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So then he, he said that about the human skull. When they walked in his room where they found him dead, there were a pair of high tech boots. Mm. There was a stun gun. Mm. And he also had a sexual assault record. His, uh, his friend said he told me about when his girlfriend caught him with her daughter, her young daughter under the covers. And he said he could not control himself around her. So he was arrested for that. He also was in the service, which he was arrested for that. But how long did he do? I'm not sure. Not long enough. Yeah. So was he arrested for that before John and I died? Yes. This was, yes. Just, I'm just saying that y'all know where I'm going with this. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if this is our guy, if he had just stayed in prison. Exactly. Anyways. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now also, this guy knew the Ramseys. People said that he was in a property dispute 
with the Ramses. But so this guy, Lou Schmidt, said, hey, we've got to really investigate this guy. Look at all of these things. Yeah. And so, of course, if that was a homicide, they determined it a suicide, but it looked everything like a homicide. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you think the partner, some, they thought he was going to roll because the Ramses were offering $100,000 mm-hmm. for anything leading to the arrest. Yeah, there's no, there's no honor among thieves either. Oh. So they're going to, you know, take care of him. So he doesn't rat him out. Yeah. And the friend also said there was a recording somewhere of them confessing to this. Never been found. Yeah. Never been investigated. Now, why didn't we invest? Because they say he committed suicide and that was it. Well, they said the DNA didn't match. However, if you have a partner... It may not be yours on there. Also, yeah. they were like, and Lou Schmidt was saying, what about these boots? What about the, why aren't you, well, they don't match. Well, what doesn't match? And they couldn't answer him. So that, once again, that's why Lou Schmidt was like, I, I'm done. These, why did they not want to investigate this guy? I honestly, I have no clue. And that is the question of the century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's why Lou Schmidt stepped down because everywhere he ran, there was a roadblock. Good gracious. There was a roadblock against him. And he is the one that said that absolutely an intruder was responsible for this. And the Boulder Police Department also said, well, there should have been a shoe impression outside in the snow, outside that window. We didn't find one. Well, it, it, did it snow there through was, the night? Well, looking back at the crime scene photos, there was no snow on the ground in that area. <sighs> so it's so, like, oh my God. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is this is very very frustrating. It, it it really is. So, how long between the the time that Jamaday was found murdered and this guy's quote suicide? Okay, so this guy's suicide. I did write that down because it was nineteen ninety seven. It was a year, mm. less than a year. I mean, yeah, it was during that year. next yeah. year after yes. she was found in December of ninety six. Yeah. Who is the partner? Who is this partner? That's what that's what we don't know. We don't ever know. And the friend that worked at the junkyard that actually called the police and said, look, I, I, I'm convinced this is the guy. He and a partner did this. I'm convinced. He's still convinced to this day. He said he, he did it. I know he, he did it. He did it. Yep. Okay. What did his handwriting look like? Uh, I don't think, I'm not sure if they took a sample from him. Do you think the Boulder Police Department thought of that? No. <laughs> I was just wondering if we ever saw anything that he had signed his signature on yeah. or... You know, I don't know. And Let's, two, again, you got the partner, so I'm not sure. But it, but he's definitely at the top of my list of wanting to know. You, you know, just you would think that heck. at some point along the way that there would be some new blood in the Boulder Police Department, and some young detective who's been elevated to captain or chief of police would want to discover these things and and clear it off the board and and absolve the Boulder Police Department of the stain that has been on it since December the 26th, 1996. But yet, here we are talking about it today. Exactly. Um, And if you haven't seen the specialty investigation, not actual true investigation, but where they brought the panel of experts, it uh, it aired in 2016. I saw that. Yeah, Yeah. the case of John Bonet, the one with Henry Lee and all these... uh, 
Uh, is John Douglas there, the FBI profiler? No. Because I know that he famously said somebody outside of the home committed no, that crime. No, because John Douglas was not in, involved with this one because of their... Well, I don't know if it was... He just wasn't involved, but they didn't... Mm-hmm. What were their findings, Jeannie? Let me just say that. Okay, yeah. well, their findings were they found pineapple in uh, John Bonet's... In, in the gastric contents, in the mm-hmm. stomach. You know, um... Burke's fingerprints were found on a bowl of pineapple and pineapples and milk is, is what their, their favorite snack was. They found Burke's fingerprints and Patsy's. Well, Pat's, they're going to be on the bowl. Of course. They also found Burke's fingerprints on the spoon. And, and Burke, Burke is the older is, brother. Yes. Burke, Burke is, is the older the, brother. The brother. Mm-hmm. They had determined, well, Patsy said, John Bonet did not get up in the middle of the night. If she did, I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So apparently Burke got up, mm-hmm. made him some pineapples and milk. Their theory was that John Bonet came down the stairs. She wanted pineapple. And of course, being brother and sister, she tried to snatch it. And there was a, uh, a mag light where the, the head of the flashlight fit into the head wound of John Bonet on the skull. And they said that a six-year-old skull is like an eggshell. It doesn't take much pressure to bash in. Okay. That age of skull. But it it did. Like they showed where that the tip of that mag light fit right into that wound. Mm-hmm. The 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 yeah, length of the wound. Basically, spoiler alert here, their conclusion was that the brother accidentally killed her. Right. And that the family staged yes. the scene to protect the brother. Yes. And they went through this long, drawn out I mean, KT and I watched the whole thing. Yes. And then, fast forward, not very long, they find themselves in a lawsuit. Right. Because, guess what? Burke is still around, and so is the father, Mm -hmm. and they were very upset about this. Yes. It it basically, this man who's innocent walking around, I mean, he's not, he, you know, they said he did it. Right. And so then- they decided to sue them. And I don't know the outcome Wait, of all they that. decided to sue the Boulder Police Department? No, no they, they sued su- that, that documentary series. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I'm you can't you. just do that. You no. can't just go on national television with all of your experts. And they were. There were a lot of experts yes. there. And say that someone is guilty of murder right. without finding yourself in a lawsuit. Exactly. But I will tell you this. If you haven't seen it, it is very interesting. I'm going to watch it tonight. Convincing. It is. Mm-hmm. It's it is very, very yeah. convincing. Mm-hmm. It is. And because I think a lot of people like that theory because it's they so do. salacious and everything. Well, it sounds like a movie or, mm-hmm. or a horror book you would read. Right. But if you actually read the details of how her body was and that device around her neck, I just I can't imagine... Nope. No but, parents are going to stage a child like that. Like that. No. Yes. They're like, not going to do it. I'm sorry. They're not going to do that. Mm-mm. They're not. No. Because if until you get the details down to that, you're not going to take you your precious little six year old's mm-hmm. body and do that just to protect your twelve year old. No. You're going to. You might find other ways to try right. to protect your twelve year old, but you're not going to do that. Nope. Well, and I think the general public, especially mothers, can go. Okay, if I have to protect my other, t- I just. Yes lost my one child yes. i have to protect the one child that i have left yeah yeah people identify with that mm-hmm. yeah you do but but not to that extent you're exactly not gonna, yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. Not a sane person anyway. No, no, no. Uh, my favorite suspect so far is Michael Helgoth. And, yes. and again, yeah. I'm no expert. I don't, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about anything. But so far, I'm very frustrated that more... More was wasn't not, done. Right, right. right. To you at least know, look into him. Exactly. And the family, when Lou Smith died, his dying wish was for his family to continue this mm. investigation mm. like that is the case that haunts him for the rest of you know the rest of his days it haunted him we have one more suspect and this is the cray cray of all um in 2006 um they had an they had a um uh, they had a journalist mm-hmm. with the boulder police department and he was receiving these letters stating in detail that he killed John Bonet, and he had a code name. I can't remember what the code name was. Saying all, you know, I did it, and I basically saying that he was having sexual relations with her. He knew her through someone mutual in the pageant world, and he was into that autoerotic asphyxiation. He, it, which mm-hmm. is, it's weird because I, he acts like a gay male, right? Um, so it's very confusing, but. Does he have, is he a, is he a gay man? His well now he's oh, that's a transgender. The nut from Indonesia, oh, right? Yeah, well, he was in he was in Thailand. Thailand. He was arrested in Thailand in 2006. His name's John Mark Carr. He was an elementary school teacher at one point. He was a pedophile. He was oh, yeah, oh. he was charged with something in California. He was in California where he was charged with something related to children there. Um he here's how they excluded him after they arrested him he said i drugged her i made love to her um but nothing linked him like but mm-hmm. he had this elaborate story nothing linked him mm-hmm. there was no dna match not even through uh codis and he wasn't really getting the crime scene right either right i mean no describing the sexual assault that didn't take place that would have been able they would have known if you know she had been raped like that yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and like I said, he he eventually ended up having his, mm-hmm. he castrating himself, like having oh. himself castrated because he said he had these horrible impulses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least he, um, thank you. I'm glad he did it. I saw but, an episode of some doctor TV show that I bet that's where they got that storyline because it was basically the same storyline. Oh, yeah. Like the, oh, okay. like the doctors were having to like try to stop him from self-harming and he ended that guy ended up walking in front of a bus which maybe you should right yeah if you're doing <laughs> those kind of thing to children if you can't stay away from children like that maybe you should exactly mm-hmm. so that, is that this, may be too much sorry is this no, no, no um, I, you nailed it is this individual alive still i believe john mark carr y'all y'all look and say i believe he's carr? still alive john mark carr C-A-R-K-A. with a k i think it's a k now is is john mark carr a trans female he's a trans female now and he's living as uh, through another name you can actually look okay. that up as so well it's, it's trans female name yes he's living. alexis something yeah alexis reich reich now yes. is this person in jail I don't think so. They couldn't. It doesn't look like it. But has been convicted of other things against children. Yes. Well, I know in California, he they, was. Oh, okay. He was charged with something. I'm not sure if he spent any time. I was going to say maybe not after the castration. Right. Mm. But if you watch that American murder mystery, uh, 
series. Mm-hmm. It's on Discovery Plus. Okay. It's on others too, but it's it's a three-part episode. His the one about him is on the third episode. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. And he's not in his trans mode in that one, which, you know, good for him. I'm glad he figured that out. But like, but you know, that's not the issue because it's not the the issue of, of him being a trans female is not the issue. No, the issue is him being a pedophile. Exactly. And and we don't have, we don't, that's, that's no love for that whatsoever. You should, you should rot in prison. Absolutely. Forever. If you are a pedophile. Well, and he was, it's like he felt like he had been wronged because they arrested him Good in Taiwan. It's like, well, then why would you write a note like that? Why would you, what do you expect? You want everybody to say, okay, thank you. Thank you for letting yeah, us know. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Yes. Go on about your business. Spend your days in Thailand, uh, you know, doing what you what you want to do. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You, you so, got to gotta watch him, yeah. though. It, it is fascinating. Yeah, it okay. doesn't look like like she's in prison or anything to this day, but she, she is living as a woman is what it is. Right. Okay. And, okay. and had, and had um, procedures to remove. Okay. Testicles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. It might have been one testicle. It might have been both. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's but, what the article uh, I read it, that said that had a procedure to kill her sex drive. May okay. as well go all the way if yeah. you're going to do that. Just, just take mm-hmm. them off, you know. Mm. So, uh, anyway, in 2013, I believe it was. Let me look. No, in 2008, there was a full exoneration of the Ramses. Two, uh, four years too late for Patsy though, right? She'd already passed away from she, ovarian cancer. Absolutely. Yes. And she had already beat breast cancer before all oh, of this happened. Okay. So you know the stress of all this mm-hmm. just threw her right back into it just... Mm. And they exonerated them in 2008, right. the Ramses. 12 years And they gave after. them a public apology. And then you've got this documentary that comes out in 2016. Yes. And... And I'm thinking, were you shocked? Any of you that made this in 2016, that, right? And, and I don't know the outcome mm-hmm. of this lawsuit, but there was one, right? And I know he was on. Um, they did an interview with him, and I've I've watched a good bit of that. I can't remember who it was. It Diane Sawyer was. It, Anyway, it was it was a one on one interview with him, and then everybody wants to say, "Oh, Burke is he's strange? He's a recluse." Well, my gosh, yeah. When he was yeah. twelve years old, all of this happened, and then the whole world hates their family, and now you've got a, another panel of people saying he murdered his sister. I'd be a recluse too. Yeah. Well, and and Burke was interviewed by a child uh, psychologist. After all of this happened, um, you know, with John Bonet and his videos are on YouTube, and some of the things don't—they really don't kind of sit right. Mm-hmm. It looks like he was coached, which you know, he probably was because. Yeah, you're about to go on national television. Let's make sure you don't shove your foot in your mouth. Right. Sit down with this person mm-hmm. who knows how to make sure that you're prepared for that sort of yes. uh, right. uh, it- exposure, and don't do anything stupid. Sure, you look coached. And, and it is. I mean, it's very interesting to watch. So if you haven't mm-hmm. seen that, um, they say he knows, you know, the child psychologist said he knows something. He's covering for somebody, you know, once again, that whole the parents wow. did it theory. Oh, I just, oh. it just breaks my heart for this, this poor family. I mean, I mean, everything changed. It. Everything changed for them. Yeah. Well, and like point. Patsy said, why would I kill my child? We, I loved her more than life. Like you, 
Mm-hmm. I, I I never thought, I never understood why people thought she did it, but I could see how it could happen with the media. And, you know, you're getting pieces, bits mm-hmm. and pieces of a case. Yeah, yeah. So here's something that I, I, we like to do sometimes here is okay. we want to go around and and this is our personal opinion only. Okay. W- which one's your favorite suspect? Who do you think did it? All of that. Jenny, we'll start with you. What do ah! you think? And it's okay. Maybe maybe we'll have four different answers yeah. in this room. But what, okay. what do you think? Before I knew about Michael Helgeth, mm-hmm. I was pretty convinced that it could have been Burke Ramsey. But after finding all of this out about the guy in the junkyard, all of that lining up, the high-tech boots, the stun gun, the fifty to sixty thousand at Christmas, the prior record. I feel like they missed it by not getting Michael Helga. That's that's my vote. Okay, all right, Scott. Yeah, I think I probably agree with Jeannie on that one. I, I, no more than I know about it. She certainly is a lot more well versed on this topic than I am. Uh, but that sounds like the best of, of all the things we've discussed today. That sounds like the best alternative to me. Okay, all right, Katie. I used to think it was Burke until I realized how, until I read or listened to a podcast or whatever and realized how the crime scene was and what her and then I was like, no, absolutely couldn't be staged yeah. like that. There was a time when I thought that as well. And then there was a time I thought it was uh, Santa Claus. Yep, mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, until the timeline is really tight on his ability to get to the house and back because they were sleeping, so he technically could have left, come to the house, but it's pretty tight from. Everything I've heard on that. and the, But yeah, no, I think I like, is it Helgeth? Helgeth, yeah. Michael Helgeth. I'd have never, I would have said Santa Claus until I've heard this today. And now I'm, I think I'm right on board. He had a stun gun, the boots, every, like a yeah. history, the mm-hmm. cruelty to animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, That's the, crazy. The no, talking about the I money. Think, yeah, they missed it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, then we all agree. Then I'm, oh I'm, my gosh. you know, I'm tended, my opinion tends to be more on this Michael Helgeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they had investigated that. That's more. the first time the three of us have agreed on anything in two and a half years. <laughs> How about that? Oh, I know, I know. So, Jenny, is there anything else that you want to tell us about this or you want to cover before we uh, move to some updates that Scott has? Um, No, I think we, we've really sorted out a lot of stuff. And I'm sure there's some stuff that, that, that I've missed, you know, you know, some... Well, we well just that's okay. Go- You're in good company here because we miss a lot too when we do this. And so that's why we encourage our listeners to go out and look for themselves and find more information. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we like to be the 101 yeah. and then right. encourage Entry level yep. true crime. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. So here. I think yeah. this was a great job of that today. And I really, really appreciate this. There were some suspects on here I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Same here. So we've all learned something today, that right? That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my well, goal every Sunday. Well, I think Discovery should give us a kickback for promoting their their documentaries. <laughs> yeah. Just send it on down here to the True Crime Podcast. That's right. That's would right. That'd be nice. It would be. <laughs> it would be wonderful. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jenny. And I want to uh, I want to promote Jenny just a little bit. Jenny, tell us a little bit about your band. Okay, <laughs> we're called the Avenue South Band, and my friend Hannah Warden and I are co lead singers. 
and we sing everything from country to 80s to soul to we've got an awesome band that also plays with the it's the Shane Givens band uh-huh Ooh, and we've got a big Motown show with the Shane Givens band on July 28th and if you weren't at the last one we're oh, doing that again I didn't yep. know that yeah. oh that's awesome because it was so much fun yeah that we've got to do it again. All right. Awesome. Avenue awesome. South will be playing at Easy Street July the 1st. Okay. Ooh. All right. So that's July awesome. Party time. And my the, my July then, party schedule is already made up. I know. And then tell us again the, the next Motown date at Easy Street. July 28th. Or I should say on Easy Street. Isn't yeah. that what Shane likes yes. to say? Yes. On that's Easy a Friday Street. night. He doesn't listen. Okay. Who cares? Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't, does not. He doesn't listen to us. Um, well, thank you so much, Jeannie. That was awesome. And, and if you've not heard Jeannie's band or the Shane Givens band, you really should come mm. to them mm-hmm. out because they're they do a really they're good job. Incredible. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Thank y'all for having me. Well, I, I really enjoyed this. Oh, we did too. We love we love our days to record. It's yeah. it's our most favorite mm-hmm. day of the week. Yeah, Jeannie, stick around and listen while we play ourselves out of here today. I know. Uh, yeah, just I will. A, a couple yeah. of uh some housekeeping to do, right? Yeah, go ahead yeah, with you guys it, ready Scott. for these. I've got a couple of updates. So if you are not familiar with the case of the 2005 disappearance of Mountain Brook teenager Natalie Holloway. You can catch up on the facts of that uh, from our September of 2021 episode titled Aruba, Jamaica. We didn't number the podcast episodes in season one. It was season two before we started that. But that's from season one. So the man who is the number one suspect in Natalie's disappearance and has been since the day it started, really, is Dutch citizen Joran Vandersloot. Joran. Joran. Okay, Joran Vandersloot. Uh, He's been in prison in Peru since 2010, but he spent last weekend, this weekend, as we record today, and as you listen on Wednesday or later, it was last weekend. He was in Hoover uh, to be uh, brought up on charges of wire fraud and extortion because back in 2010, he promised Natalie's mother that for $250,000, he would tell her where her daughter's body was located. They Mm -hmm. paid him twenty five grand. And he never revealed so, that location so the, if he ever knew it. The reason I corrected you on his name is yeah. because I always like to say Yorin asshole. Got yeah. it, Yorin. I'm glad you did because I wasn't sure. I'd, I'd heard it pronounced three different ways. Mm-hmm. And did as you I know, rehearsed or uh, researched? Mm-hmm. John Ramsey and Natalie Holloway's mother. I th- they ended up dating for a while. Wow. I guess they end up in the same circles on that, on that Mm -hmm. circuit of TV shows and defending yourself and and talking Mm -hmm. about this horrible thing that's happened in your life. Yep. So good. Well, he was found guilty. I mean, he's, Uh, he he pleaded not guilty. He will be held in prison until his trial. Uh, Natalie's parents and her brother were in the courtroom in Birmingham on Friday. And Vandersloot had been incarcerated in Peru since 2010 because on the fifth anniversary of Natalie's disappearance, he killed a college student named Stephanie Flores. And he's been behind bars since then, although it didn't keep him from getting married and fathering a child in 2014 while he was in prison in Peru. Oh, and one last little piece of uh, bad news. If you're a Vandersloot fan, which nobody is, uh, he got an additional 18 years in prison this January because they found out that he was uh, selling cocaine in the prison. So they they added so another 18 to, to Texas that. And they let him get him on the express yeah. train to death row. Right. <laughs> and one other update we've talked. I'm sorry. That was no, no. So much no, no, you fit right in here. It's fine. We got to have you back sometime. Uh, prison escapee. Casey White, we did a two-part series about that last year. That was the Whites of Alabama season two, episodes 21 and 22, if you want to get caught up on that. And we did it in May 
in the same month that all of that happened, it was one of the most, uh, we jumped yeah. right on that. It just worked out where we could get right on the case right after it happened. Uh, Casey White, he escaped from the Lauderdale County Jail in Florence in May of 2022, and his uh, no relation, Vicki White, helped him. She was the prison guard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the so they, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they that. bolted okay. out of prison, a, an 11-day manhunt that ended in Indiana with uh, her with a bullet in her brain, mm-hmm. and him charged with murder for that because, Katie, as we've talked about on this show many times, if you're involved in a crime and someone gets murdered, mm-hmm. you are guilty of murder in the state of Alabama. Right. That's felony murder. So just last week, Casey White pleaded guilty to felony escape mm-hmm. in order to have the murder charge dropped. Oh. He will spend the rest of his life in prison. Uh, he is eligible for parole in May of 2081 when he will be 97 years old. Wow. I don't see him making so it. So don't start planning 90s. that party just yet. And if you do, don't bother inviting me because I will be 111 years old. <laughs> I will be somewhere else that day. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you might smoke too many cigarettes. For that. <laughs> so probably no Katie more. Katie is calling my shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so probably no more updates on Casey White. Probably not. Not unless there's another uh, prison love interest in another escape attempt. Oh gosh! Fingers crossed on that other one. Now, podcast. Yeah. What yeah. about the? Yeah. Didn't we prison have a love. Unabomber update? Uh, Ted Kaczynski died just a couple of days ago in the uh, federal, the the nation's only maximum security federal prison in Colorado, mm-hmm. about a, an hour south of Denver. And I watched a documentary this morning about just how maximum security that facility is. But yeah, Kaczynski at age 81 was found unresponsive. Actually, he wasn't in the Supermax prison in Colorado. He had been shipped to North Carolina where they take federal prisoners who have medical issues. Mm. And he was found dead in his cell in North Carolina on Saturday. He was 81 and he killed three people with homemade bombs over the years and injured 23 others. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, didn't his brother, isn't his brother the one that called the authorities? Yeah, to- when uh, mm-hmm. there was, the FBI convinced the Washington Post and the New York Times to print his 35,000 word manifesto. Yes. Because he promised that he would stop killing people if somebody printed it. And so they did. And when his brother read it, he was like, wait a minute. That's my brother. That's my brother, Ted. <laughs> and so he, through an intermediary and a lawyer and some other folks, contacted the FBI and they found him in a little cabin out in the middle of the woods in Montana. And there was a standoff and they captured him and he's been in, had been in prison ever since until mm-hmm. last Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that's it for updates. And we have not done the Unabomber case, but maybe something we could put on the secret Possibly. list. Yeah. Yep. So definitely, definitely want to, uh, Possibly put that on the list. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's an interesting case. We've told half the story already. <laughs> did you have, have you guys done the Murdaugh murders? Oh, yes. we did. Yes. We did that last May in a four part series. Murdaugh oh, wow. May. Yeah, Murdoch May. Is what yeah. we call Mur- that. Uh, yeah. Is it Murdaugh or is it Murdoch? It's Murdoch. Like, the locals say, say Murdoch with okay. a K. If you want to say end. it like the locals, you say Alec. No. Alec. Yeah. No. No. Alec. No. Alec. You say Alec Murdoch. Alec Murdoch. That's right. Even yeah. though, yeah, there's That's, a lot of yeah. letters missing there. Yeah. But, but you know, in Alabama, well, we do the same thing. Well, yeah, we, we, we say Jordan here and there's not an E in that. That was That's going right. to be my, <laughs> J, J, what I was going to say. J-O-R-D-A-N. I mean, Michael Jordan would be. Michael Jordan Michael here in Jordan. 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 Yes. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, well, thank you so much again to Jenny for being here. Thank y'all for having me. We yeah. had a fantastic time today. She's the most expert expert we've ever had. Ever. Oh, God. I think so. <laughs> yeah. We've 
got to get Joseph Scott Morgan no, in no. here. All right. We and Mark Hopwood. that sometime yeah. down the road. I would love that. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. love that. All right. You so. guys got anything else? Uh, Is that it? That's yeah. it. Are we done? We're done. Good night, everybody. Bye, y'all. Well, I enjoyed that.